With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Leading Edge Cricket Podcast. Today, we're going straight back out here. The County Championship Round 2 is in the books. Rob and Rich, we're back together one more time. And we're going to take a look at everything that's gone on and everything in between everything that's gone on. Because let's let's say the essentials, we're just living in a Ben Compton world at the moment, Rich. Some boy, some boy. Yeah, hey, that wasn't bad, was it? We'll get on to <laughs> it in a bit. Bad. He might have been on the field. I, I didn't watch every ball and I'm not a, a Kent follower, but he might have been on the field for literally every single delivery in that four-day game. That's yep. some effort. Minus the, uh, yeah, there was a, a dodgy LBW he got in the fourth innings, but... Incredible, I think. But you, you took up the stereotypical English dad there where you went, oh, what an incredible performance. He's batted every day of his life forever. And you go, yeah, mm. not bad. <laughs> not bad. We were both, we both had that, didn't we? <laughs> so, I did it really is. well today. <laughs> Must try yeah. harder, son. So um, multiple podcasts, podcasts, podcasts coming at you this week. One, this review going on. And two, England Watch, which is brand new podcast series that we're running where we do delve into everything that's going on with England. We did episode one last week, which was kind of a, a clean out the house on English cricket and all the players and everything that's going on in between. The one that's coming out tomorrow, make sure you're subscribed for and ready for because we delve into the top 10 openers in English cricket that are England eligible to go and play for the national team, which is always a bone of contention for this England team, probably for six years. So lots to go through on trying to come up with that top 10 list. Yeah, still trying to replace Andrew Strauss, remember. That's how far on it's been going. (laughs) That's it. Um, And before we get into it, we're going to start off Lancashire, who are getting the season underway. Mm -hmm. I think it's worth noting that I am drinking a cup of Yorkshire tea in New Zealand, which has cost me about £10 for a box. And to make sure I get my money's worth, the tea bag stays in all the way through. That's controversial. That's gross. I just want to say happy Easter to people as well, actually, just before we jump into everything. Happy Easter egg yesterday eat them all get your chocolate down you good way to go <laughs> it's a good way to go right let's uh, let's kick it off go. let's take a look at canterbury 
Canterbury. Yeah, Lancashire Kent. So let's get underway. Lancashire didn't play last week, did they? And they got their season off to a great start. Win on day four against Kent. So game got underway. Lancashire batting first. 508 first in score. 37-year-old Stephen Croft. England watch. <laughs> for those who know, you know. Uh, leading, he flew at 155 for the man. He deserved a mention in that, all right? Um, skipper Dane Villas also struck 124. And England hopeful Phil Salt, 97, who I believe had the gloves in that game. Interesting little development there. Phil Salt, 97 in the middle order. Maybe he can back in the middle order. Um, this then, basically, after that 508 first innings, this then became the Ben Compton game, forever known as Ben Compton game. He carried his bat in the first innings from the number one spot for 104. They got an under par 260, Rob. He then registered his second 100 following on with 115 to make sure Lancashire did have to bat again. Uh, dismissed as the 10th wicket, wasn't he? 21-year-old uh, yep. Hamadullah Kadri, more known for his, uh, his spin bowling. He had a marvellous all-round game. He got himself a career-best 77 coming in at number nine in that second innings following on, alongside six for 129 in Lancashire's one, well, first inning, should I say. Um, so as we said, Compton almost carried his bat in the second inning. He was last man out. Rob will talk about the controversy that came around with that one. Brilliant individual effort for him, but ultimately a frustrating one. Compton, 219 off 629 balls, 856 minutes, a tiring four days for Compton. <laughs> You're not wrong, mate. It's, it's an incredible effort. So he's 100, 313 balls, right? His second 100 in the match and his third one. Now, this is three innings back-to-back -back that he's gone and scored a century, which is incredible. That doesn't happen to not everyone bad. every single day of the week, mate. That's, that's exceptional. But it's the first time it's ever happened to a Kent player at the start of the season, let alone playing for them on debut. The other thing was he was the, he was the last man out in the second innings, and it wasn't out. It was LBW. The poor <laughs> lads batted almost a week, making sure he's really getting his money's worth playing. He's played beautifully, fought it all. Everything that's been thrown at him, he's gone back at it. It gets one that keeps a little low, hits him enough outside off stump from right on around the wicket that you go, that's not out. And he, he gets given. And I, I really you felt sorry for him. Because he was on the precipice of being the third man ever in county championship cricket to bat through both innings. And that would have Do been... Do we know the umpire? Do we know who the umpire was? Uh, it was him. either... Yeah, good question. It was either Martin Saggers, who... Ugh. Bowler. Or bowler. Neil Bainton, who I don't know as much about. So it's, it's just such a shame because all of a sudden, the world is lighting up about Compton. There just wasn't a lot leading up to it that made you think Compton was going to go and do something like this. In 2019, he scored 43 runs. In 2021, he scored 55 runs. There's just not a lot of runs to go, this is the guy that's going to go and do something special at the start of the year. Now, fair play to him. The, cap, the cap's going to be doth. He's come out. He's making the best of the opportunity that's given to him. He scored a whole bunch of runs, and all of a sudden, people are talking about him playing for England. He hasn't got that much cricket rich in his bank no. to look at it and go, test match quality player yet, question mark. Yeah, oh, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, he, he's bounced around, hasn't he? He was with Knotts for a while. Um, bit of second 11. He played some first team cricket over the last couple, of, few, last couple or so years. Made the move to Kent. It's clicked. Sometimes happens in sport, doesn't it? It's just the way it is. Sometimes yeah. happens. The, the guy's not even got a thousand first class runs yet, but he's got 500s in 21 innings. Three of them have come this season already. Just, yeah, yeah little, this lovely little story as we get the, get the summer under the way, isn't it? 400, 348 runs already, an average of 174. He shouldn't have an average, should he? 
he shouldn't mate and I think what's important from that is on, on my takeaway there was no canny championship average, uh, canny championship centuries before this season mm. so he's gone on and made no. that impact himself this season and put yeah. himself on the radar of anyone that's talking about mm. Red Bull cricket I think the other thing from the game that stuck out to me was mm. uh, Quadri great game right 6 for 129 I'm sure, and it might have been in a sleepy haze before I went to bed. I was watching him bowl, and I think he had none for 100 and finished with uh, six for 129. So that's quite an incredible <laughs> effort that's gone on there. If you Lancashire, you take out, what, what have you done? Well, you, your batting's still strong. You thought your batting was going to be strong. It is strong. You've seen Philip Salt, Salt, Salt turn up. He's not looking to be an England opener. He's batting at number no. six, which is seems to be more attuned to the way he goes and plays the game. And mm. he makes 97 off 117 balls. He threw away his wicket. That's fine. Did he look good? Yeah, he did. I watched him mm. on the start of day two, I think it was, and I quite enjoyed watching him. He looks, he plays the game in a different way, like most people, red ball versus white ball. But again, mm. quite impressed with what we've seen. Yeah, can absolutely. You, can can you look at Matt Parkinson as well? Because, you know, we talked about Matt Parkinson a lot and I felt like I was just going to go <laughs> over it. But Parkinson, in isolation, bowled some magnificent wicket-taking deliveries and yep. took wickets with them, Rich. Yep. For a leg spinner in April, bowling against Zach Crawley, players of that ilk, um, against Ollie Robinson of mm-hmm. non controversial tweet fame the other ollie robinson the other ollie robinson that's a pretty decent performance look matt parkinson is a quality spin bowler we know he is he's not a kid anymore he's got seven wickets in this game he's bowled himself 88 overs <laughs> gone for about was 160 ish um runs 150 odd runs in the game Exceptional performance from him. There's something he said recently, isn't it? He's talking about you've got 23-year-old seamers who have played 60, 70 games, first-class county game, but he's almost 26 and he's played about 35. Yeah. Generic county seamers played 70 games because he's part of a four-man attack. Spinners are never going to improve if you're not going to play. Credit to Lancashire Selection. Credit to Dane Villas. I shouldn't give him too much credit because it's not a complicated issue, is it? You pick Matt Parkinson, you play Matt Parkinson. He takes wickets. And he's bowling with control as well, isn't he? You don't bowl that amount of overs and go for that amount of runs. He's gone for two and over, give or take, in the second innings of this as a a following on. He's a quality bowler. It's good to see young spinners, Kadri as well, hat tip to him, taking wickets and getting opportunities early in the summer. So really good to see Matt Parkinson doing this. We'll get onto it in England. Watch. There's big decisions, big changes going around the England setup. There should be a fresh approach to selection and a fresh approach to who they're looking at bringing in. So Matt Parkinson, keep doing what you're doing, buddy. And I'm sure, I'm sure, maybe I'm sure. I don't know if I'm sure he'll he'll get a chance this summer. The future's bright. The future's Parkinson, mate. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Let's rattle on. Let's get moving. So Somerset Essex at Taunton, a, a low-scoring game. Essex won by one wicket, but this game I'm going to first talk about a Somersetian. Craig Overton, career best match figures of 13 for 87 in this one, but not enough, sadly, for him to grab the win for Somerset as Essex just about managed to get the game over the line. One of the tightest finishes on, a, on the short, smallest chases you will ever see. They ended up with a target of 84, Rob. Number 11, Aussie Mark Steckety was at the crease with new boy Adam Rossington, whose cool head and his 29 not outs saw them over the line on a pitch that had Essex 4 for 4 early in that final day, third day finish. Uh, put simply, it was a deck that bowler loves, but batters, well, you, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Um, so Essex grabbed the first one of the year, Rob. 
They drew last week. Well, that makes it two defeats to open the season for Somerset. And Rob's feeling a little bit smug at the moment with his predictions about uh, Somerset getting relegated this year. So let pick your bits out of this game you want to talk about. We have a Alistair Cook 25,000 runs is probably the most important thing, apart from Craig Overton going all over the shop. Yeah, uh, I, I am a little smug because I did call that Somerset might be a... a not a title contender, but a divisional struggler throughout the season. You said relegation. You said I, relegation. All right, let's go straight to it. Okay. I said relegation. He, he wasn't polite about it either. This was a different team to which took the field in the first game. And that's what you're going to see. You're seeing people yeah. return. You're seeing new overseas players coming in and things like that. And their lineup was stronger. Overton and Gregory, that adds great bowling, but it also adds great depth to their batting lineup as well. Maddie Renshaw's in the team as well. Not that you could tell from this week's performance. But <laughs> after day one, mate, 45.4 overs down, the bowled out for 100. And seriously, that's probably about the point I'm going to bed out here. It's just gone midnight. <laughs> and I'm like, what? what is that? Like, what, what am I seeing? The fact that Simon Harmer went and took three for 14 on a first day pitch in April is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Um, yeah. Also, Mark, Mark Steckety needs a little bit of a nod. He's been pretty good mm. in us for a long time and he's going to have an exceptional yeah. season for Essex. You've really got a mm. decent bowler in there. And <laughs> the other takeout, it, it's got to be Overton. He was outstanding. Seven for 57, mm. mate. Six for 36 for Sange Snater. But then Overton comes back, six for 30, almost wins him the game. He's on his hands and knees at the end of the game. You talk about trying to have bounce-back ability. You know, we, mm. Michael Vaughan's team had it. They'd lose one, but they'd always come back. Overton yep. has shown a massive amount of grapefruits here. He's gone yep. from a man ridiculed in the West Indies for not bowling fast enough, for getting the new cherry and doing absolutely mm. nothing with it. We watched the West Indian bowlers both get a, uh, a bowling average of about 25 to 30, strike rates of about 55 to 60. Overton averaged 45 and his strike rate was over 100. It was woeful mm, and yeah. also lacked a hell of a lot of control for someone bowling of his speed and his mm. quality from County Championship cricket. And we saw a different bowler here. We saw a bowler attacking the stumps. We saw a bowler cleaning people up. We saw the people nicking off to him. This was a guy who just rejuvenated with confidence about what he's going to do. But also probably someone with a lot of ambition going, what you saw of me in the West Indies isn't the last you're going to see of me. And that's not going to define me as an international cricketer. And I no. really like that. I like guys yeah. that are just going to put it on the line and show everything they've got. And you saw that on his haunches at the end, mate. It's game yeah. championship cricket. Most people might go, what's that about? Actually, it means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think there's a, sorry, there was it the fourth or fifth. Let me have a, just a quick count. The fifth lowest Closest finished with from the lowest total. It was 77 for nine was the lowest back in uh, 1914. Uh, so this has got into that that category. Uh, Craig Overton, absolute massive credit to him. It really, you know, ultra impressive, wasn't it? Uh, just a couple of quick mentions as well. Steckerty, as you mentioned, he took five wickets in the game. Sam Cook continues to take wickets, five wickets for him in the game as well. Um, but Overton was the absolute star. Doing what he did at the start of last season as well, Rob, wasn't it? Which is what he's basically why he got himself into England selection in the first place with the, just a wicket machine, him and Ollie Robinson were at the start yeah. of last summer. Um, um, let's Shane, a, oh, Shane Snater as well, mate. Oh, sorry, Nine wickets. I apologise, Shane. Six for 36 in the second innings. That's, that was so important, that sort of uh, performance, wasn't it? It's was a low-scoring game, but to restrict Somerset to 154, Matt Renshaw did get 50, 45, Stephen Davies 51. So people were finding the feet a little bit. So to take a... Uh, you know, have a spell of bowling and take uh, take six for thirty six is um, is game winning or 
basically. Yeah, and how many times in a game do you see, right, the top order is going to fail? Look at the Knots game against Sussex last week. They were four down for not many. Mm. Back end of the Indians, they added hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of runs. But the Aussie team was built on, hey, if the top order failed, Brad Haddon's going to come in and offer a whole lot of resistance and they're still going to get up to a half-decent score. Here, Snader came in and he actually blew away the tail. And that is such a an undervalued property of a bowler. Um, and it's it's really good. In fact, when I was going through the rankings, looking at the bowlers, he ranked in probably my top 25, 30 bowlers in, in county championship cricket. I can't remember the exact number, but mm. he's got such a phenomenal record, takes wickets. He's he's going to be an exceptional bowler for this team again. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. So let's get down to Bristol. Rob Yorkshire got things underway in their season after missing out like Lancashire did last week. Uh, Gloucester, Yorkshire. And this was a Yorkshire win, Rob. Six wicket victory. Um, first down, as I say, handily managed a target of 211 in the fourth innings to overcome Gloucestershire. Harry Brook was a star with a bat for Yorkshire, 101 in their first innings, uh, following up with a rapid 56 not out to see them over the line. So Gloucestershire started this one, 227, Marcus Harris, he was 136. Uh, Matt Fisher, 4 for 19 or 14.1 overs, an exceptional performance from him, the big Englishman. Uh, Harris Ralph as well, he got three wickets in this innings. Uh, he also got three wickets in Yorkshire's second innings as well. So uh, Adam Live got a few runs and then no little notable contributions from uh, Don Bess, Harry Duke and uh, Thompson. Um, bit, of, bit of a weird game really, wasn't it? Gloucestershire came back really strong, didn't they? 3-5-9. Um, and this is the man we want to talk about. James Bracey, 177 in 331 deliveries. Following up, batting at number three, keep remembering as well, he's not the wicketkeeper. He's just, well, he's wicketkeeper, but he's batting at three and that's where we need to look at him when we're thinking of England. Um, he followed up his 117 against Northlands last week with a bigger one, 177, just to make life difficult for Yorkshire. But it was Dawid Milan and Harry Brook, as we said, who got him over the line in good time to get that win for Yorkshire. Good win. Very, very, very really good win. Good. I am going to start with Gloucestershire, though, because Gloucestershire, mm. I feel, are getting a, a little bit of glue to be able to really make a play in Division 1. And I'm not saying, oh, look, they're going to go and win the title. What I'm saying is they're looking like a team that might be able to secure themselves Division 1 for another year based on what they've got. Marcus mm. Harris is a county championship run machine, whether we like it or not. Whether you take away the fact he averaged 10 against England for about 10 test matches, whatever. In county mm. championship cricket, he's averaged 55 in the last few seasons. Comes in here. Just, you know, it's, it's April in England and he goes and scores 136 and looks like a million dollars. That's fantastic. You add that to the fact that James Bracey has started the season absolutely red hot. 307 runs at an average of 76, Rich. One of the finest starts to the season of a number three in the county game. So mm-hmm. he's off to a really good start. Ryan Higgins is doing really well. And the thing that's kind of held this team together over the years has been GVB, Graham Van Buren. You know, mm-hmm. he had those issues with not being able to play last year for a period of time, but his averages have been exceptional and he mm-hmm. hasn't fired yet. So this top yeah. six could be a really, really solid team come the end of the year. And you just never know what they're going to be able to do. For, for Yorkshire, mm. I thought Matthew Fisher was absolutely exceptional. When we saw him in the West Indies, what did he give you? He gave you control. Mm. He didn't do a lot with it, but he gave you control. And yeah. I watched quite a bit of him bowling here. He gave you control, 14 overs, went for 19 runs, 1.34 economy rate, four wickets. He was nibbling it around, different conditions. Nice. No, but <laughs> it's what you want to see. I want to see that he's got the ability to move the ball. If he can move the ball in test match cricket, you're going to take wickets. You don't move the ball in test match cricket, you're, you're really up for a really tough yards because the guys are just too good to deal with 83 mile an hour stuff and not deal mm. with it. The Yorkshire player that's shone, and everyone's seen it, is Harry Brook. 100 mm-hmm. in the first innings, 50 in the second innings, mate. 
runs of the highest quality against a pretty decent ball in attack in a game where it's not like 500 plays 500. If you score 100 in a game where the highest score is 376 and the team scored 359, you've done pretty well. You've really shone above anything else in there. And you could see that. Mm. Marcus Harris scored 136. The next top score was 21. Here, he scored a, uh, Brooks scored 101. Next score was Adam Leith, 52. Only two players past 50. Three players out the first 22 players batting. That's an exceptional knock for a guy that's turned around and said, hey, I want to be multi-format player for England. I want to play white ball. I want to play red ball. And everyone turned around and said, mate, you've got to score some runs. You only average mm-hmm. 30 in first-class cricket, you know, or in county championship cricket. And it's been pretty poor the last couple of seasons. And this is what you want to see. You want to see people answering the call because you look at the England team, there's holes all the way down. Just because Dan Laurent's batted at four <laughs> in the West Indies doesn't mean he's going to bat at four. Just because Johnny Bairstow scored some runs doesn't mean Johnny Bairstow is going to be there for the whole summer because, let's be honest, England are quite happy to drop and change from Johnny Bairstow on multiple mm. occasions. So I'm really happy with what he's gone and done. And the other important part of this Yorkshire team was David Milan batted at three. <laughs> yes. This time around, sneaky going, oh, Joe Root's batting at three. I best go and bat at four. So he's gone and batted at four and got himself 65 in the second innings, which is, mm. you know, ab- absolutely fine. Go bat at four, mate, wherever you can get yourself. You just want to be able to pull on the shirt, right? And it doesn't matter where you're yeah. going to do it in the order. You're going to do a job for your team. You're going to do a job for your country. But I thought it was, um, it was an interesting choice. But... Last year, when he got call-ups, he only played a couple of games and he scored big runs, big runs. Mm. And there's a lot of guys scoring big runs at the moment. So you've got to be able to keep up with them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's very notable, isn't it? That he's, he's looking at that position, isn't he, of where he might be able to slot in for England. <clears throat> One last player I just want to mention, Gloucester, young bowler, a new player we, we need to be starting to keep an eye on. 21-year-old Ajit Dale. Um, decent little player. He's only played four first-class matches, but he's got 12 wickets already at an average of 21.66. Um, promising player who did get himself four for 72 in Yorkshire's first innings as well. So just a name to keep an eye on. I think there's, there's a little bit of a buzz around him uh, yeah. from what I've seen. I've not actually seen him personally, but he sounds like he's a promising young bowler. So let's leave it, leave Yorkshire. Let's, let's wrap up Division 1, Rob. Over to the Oval. What happens at the Oval, Rob? Surrey score big. Ollie Pope scores runs. Surrey win. But this is massive. Surrey versus Hampshire. Hampshire, a lot of people's favourites for this year. But Surrey romped home excuse me, to a huge innings win against a heavily favoured Hampshire inside three days as well. So after batting first, Surrey obviously batted first, they then proceeded to skittle Hampshire twice for f- similar scores, 2-2-3 and 2-2-7, to register what I think really could be a very, like a hugely important win come the end of the season. Um, so in Surrey's innings, Ollie Pope hit a typically fluent, as he does, 127, to maintain yeah. what we need to call his near-permanent solid county championship form. Uh, plenty of other notable contributions as well. Ryan Patel, 58. Hashin Amler, 73. Ben Folks, nice to see, 45. And youngster, Will Jacks, 72. Your man, Keith Barker, Rob, 4 for 80. He had a pretty good game. Um, <laughs> so for Hampshire, though, this is an early wake-up call, isn't it? Uh, just not good enough with the batting. It was good to see, though, that the Overton family wasn't all going to be in Craig's corner. Jamie Overton came to life, finally, for Hampshire. He got himself eight wickets in the game with this one. And with the bat, Joe Weverly, again, in the runs. Um, James Vince, second innings, 57 after a first innings failure as well. So plenty to pick over this one. Um, good to see, you know, sharing it around a bit with the ball for uh, for Surrey. Jordan Clark took a couple of wickets. James Taylor, a young, a 21-year-old, a fast-medium bowler, three for 56. Uh, Jordan Clark got 4.55 in the second innings as well. So sharing it around, Will Jack's couple of wickets alongside his 72. This Surrey team, 
early season, not impacted by England selections, are dangerous. This is massive. Hampshire are going to be up there. And if Surrey don't have too many players being taken away from England duty, Surrey are going to be up there as well. Yeah. Yep, I, I don't think you're wrong, mate. And there's a chance the likes of Burns and Pope actually play a, a prolonged period of county championship yes. cricket and aren't selected. You would have thought Ben uh, Ben Folks would have been in the mixer, but 467 against the bowling attack of Keith Barker, Mohammed Abbas, Kyle Abbott, and Liam Dawson bowling Finn, uh, Finn spin. I think is a pretty exceptional mm-hmm. performance, and you yes. should be very very happy with that. Hampshire mm-hmm. are a worry. Because mm. everyone at the start was like, Hampshire's going to win it. Hampshire's yep. going to win it. And Joe Weatherly turned up last week and scored a whole bag load of runs. And that's great. Ian Holland's had a couple of disappointing performance for a guy of his quality, mm-hmm. just above a county championship average opener at the moment. James Vince was interesting because he got 50-odd last week and looked pretty good and got out. Here, he got out to Kamar Roach. Now, you're talking international quality bowlers and scoring runs against international quality bowlers. He got injured, pulled hamstring, went off the pitch in the first innings after six overs. And they still didn't perform. And you you can see because the bottom end of the innings went and scored a load of runs and they all failed up top. But when Mm -hmm. Kamar Roach was out there, James Vince went and scored 57. James Vince needs to be scoring a hell of a lot more runs than that to play for England. What about Captain England? Oh, don't do it to me. Don't do it to me. Don't, don't do it to me. He's... Stop this talk, people. Not the right Stop guy. It. I like the fact he's captain <laughs> in his county. Yes. I, I like the yeah. fact if he went and scored more runs, he would mm. be getting the England team and then yes. score runs at international level yes. to be able to equate to being a test match captain. Not quite there yet. Also, um, I want to say podcast favourite because I'm such a big fan of him. Ben mm. Brown chipping in. Both in yes. its 49 and 39. That's the sort of player he's so it. consistent mm. for them yep. and will add value down the innings. But Hampshire, they've got a little bit of an uphill to climb. Looking at the batting, the gap's all the way down. Nick Gubbins is off to a very, very poor start to the season as well. Um, Liam Dawson as well. All rounder, not this season. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, mainly, he's mainly just bowling, unfortunately. He, he'll, he'll come good. He's a decent county cricketer, but they need to. They need a performance from somewhere. They need to really step up because they've played against probably the best team in the league when fully available and they've come up short. Absolutely, absolutely. So that wraps up um, Division 1 for now. Rob Surrey at top of the table in its early stages. Very, very close behind Essex in second place. Hampshire hanging on in third with Lancashire and Yorkshire only playing one game, uh, finishing fourth and fifth. Somerset down at the bottom, Rob. Looking good. And last year's champions, Warwickshire, propping up second, well, just above Somerset. I can't say they're propping up, but they've only played one game, as has North Hans just above them. So that gets us done with Division 1, Rob. Let's move on to Division 2. Three games in Division 2 this this week. Um, let's get back to Trent Bridge, where we always like to be, Rob, but not the best week this year for Knotts fans. Year? This week? <laughs> I know what I'm saying. So Glamorgan uh, visited Knotts, and it was a seven-wicket win for Glamorgan, Knotts, 302 for 10, uh, all out in the first inning. Ben Duckett, 122. Exceptional form he's come into this season with. Uh, Steve Mullaney, 44. Joe Clark, 35. Hamid, Hasib Hamid, 34. Um, this was a bit of a strange game, wasn't it, really? Knotts got off to a pretty good start. They then got Glamorgan, 248 for eight in, the, in their first innings. 9, 10, 11 said that. We're, we're not going anywhere. 
77 valuable runs from Tim van der Hooten, or however you say his name, 62 from number 10. James Whale, who was famous in the first innings for sticking his big boot out and running out Hasib Hamid at the non-striker's end, very unfortunate for him. Um, yet, yeah, Knots were in great position. I think that's what I'm trying to say. And Glamorgan then got a lead of about 77. Knots 2-4-2 in the second innings is not good enough. Ben Duckett, 95, almost got himself two centuries in the game. We've had a few of those this week. Van der Googden as well, 4-for-60. Michael Hogan, 40-odd-year-old. Um, he's, uh, he's still taking wickets, isn't he? Um, second innings, Marcus Abishane, 50 not out. Kieran Carlson, 47 not out, who was one of the exceptional performers last week, last year. Just got him through um, without any fuss, really, wasn't it? They, they started batting on the eve of the third day, batted through the fourth day. Hardly any fuss whatsoever. Got them a win. Really impressive from Glamorgan, but a little bit frustrating and a little bit under par, I'd say, from this Knotts team that um, that should be should be performing much more consistently. They are the kind of Division Two darlings at the moment, Nottingham, mm. aren't they? Everyone thinks, oh yeah, they're going to be all right. Yeah, they're going to be right up there, and they have got good players. But what we've seen so far is a faltering top order through the first few games, and they only beat Sussex purely on the back of being ninety odd for four, mm. and Captain Stephen Mullaney playing a career sort of defining yes. innings is hundred and ninety two, and it was a mm. uh, Joey Everson Iverson. Iverson. Coming in and scoring runs down the order as well. So they got out of jail a little bit there, but deserved to win. Here, mm. they couldn't quite get out of jail. And it mm. was the same sort of thing. They were three for one, three, six, four for one, four, two. And that was being carried by Ben Duckett. And in the second mm. in as well, Ben Slater goes for a duck. Hamid goes for a duck. Stephen Mullaney mm. goes for eight. Well, three of your top six have gone for less than 10. And you're finding yourself in a bit of a mess at 161 for five when Ben yeah. Duckett goes for 95. And this time, the bottom end of the innings wasn't able to rescue it. So yeah. I, the, the, we know they're a good team and we know they're going to be part of the conversation come the end of the season. It's just losses, early season, come back to haunt you. And this is a game Knotts will look at and go, we should have, we should have done a lot better in this, they were 262 for five at one stage in that first innings and ended up 302 all out. Mm. That's yeah. not really <clears throat> good enough when you've got Liam Patterson White coming in, when you've got Tom Moore still to come in, when you lose your next wicket. Mm. There's depth in that batting and they won't be very happy. Likewise, if I'm Glamorgan, I'm looking at it going, we're not bad here. Yeah. Michael Nessa, exceptional Aussie bowler. Mm. He's going to be great in English conditions. Michael Hogan's doing some real good stuff. Mm. Uh, Tim van der Guten, the Netherlands bowler, they're all thereabouts. You've got mm. Marnus Labashain, left <laughs> up, sorry, right arm leggy, bowling seam up bumpers, taking <laughs> two for bait. You talk about steady. your all-rounders category on the, on the fantasy draft. Who are you going to pick? Who's my all-rounders? Labashain. <laughs> he bowled well he bowled well honestly it was nice when he first came on it was a little bit of confusion it's like well has he extended his run up <laughs> and the keeper stood back oh okay bowling seam yeah the, the man is a genuine all-rounder it has to be said and um, keeping it with bowlers not changed things quite dramatically in this game yeah. James Pattinson the Australian came in Dane Patterson the South African came in who played at Knotts last year both of their first game of the year and I think they're both very recently arrived with their returns in this game, I'd probably say it shows that they haven't been in the country that long and they're certainly not quite up to speed yet. So Luke Fletcher had got a bit of a tight one, hadn't he? Uh, so he didn't play. And Lyndon James was a surprise um, drop as well. Not so have to settle things down quite quickly. Players that haven't been here and haven't played much cricket in pre-season have got to get up to speed quickly. 
You can't lose games. Draw, okay, you can live with that, can't you? You don't mind that performance. But when you lose games of cricket like this, it can add up at the end of the season. So Notts will hope that they can turn it around very, very quickly. Um, we should note as well, Stuart Broad continues to rest. Yeah. Should be. Oh, a- we should have said the same about Anderson at the start. Both. Yes, we should have. And- yeah. Anderson's going to play four games out of the first six, but he's missed yeah. the first two. So expect him to play some of the upcoming weeks. You would. You would hope anyway. Let's see if Stuart Broad turns up soon as well. <laughs> right then. So let's get over Durham, Leicestershire, Riverside. Drawn match. This looked, well, I mean, basically Durham would have been hoping to have grabbed the first win, wouldn't they? A promising first winnings, 428, put them in front for the entire game against Leicestershire, but it still ended in a draw. Uh, opener Sean Dixon st- uh, struck 120 and run machine David Bellingham carried on his 2021 form with 191. Um, for Leslie Hassan Azad and then skipper Colin Ackerman did their best, 66 and 81 respectively, but promising young Seema, who we've been speaking about and people have been telling us about, Matty Potts took a career best six for 58. 273 all out for Leicestershire. Durham then made a brisk 239 for two in just 43 overs uh, with the opening pair putting on 152 with Michael Jones getting 108 and Dixon again in the runs with 84 before declaring and getting Leicestershire into bat again to try and go for that win. But it was a big target, wasn't it? 395. They had time in the game, but they, I think that target is just going to put a team off, isn't it? Um, never on the cards for Leicester to take this one down. A solid draw was a reward for their efforts. As they comfortably finished the final ends on 183 for two. Open to Sam Evans, unbeaten on 77, off an epic 254 deliveries. And Captain Ackerman, 40 not out off 96. So two, two draws apiece for the two teams to start the season. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't really know where to start with this. Draw, draws are mm. always funny ones when you come to talk about them. Um, what's my takeaway? I was surprised Keegan Peterson didn't announce himself bigger on on Mm. the circuit because he's a a player of one of the highest qualities going around. Mm. David Beddingham was immense last year. I spoke about him in detail on the championship preview. He went back to South Africa, played five games in the South African franchise or state system or however they have their system these days. He's had an explosion of teams. Pretty much tops the run scoring, scored over 100 runs in uh, every single match he played over or averaged over 100 runs in the matches that he played. So he's exceptional. Hopefully, now this is hard to know what's going to happen, but hopefully the goal is still to be English qualified because what we need to take Mm. into account, the Riverside is one of the hardest places to bat in the UK. He scored the majority of his runs at the Riverside. That Mm -hmm. adds extra weight to the runs that he's actually going and scoring. So if we can hold on to him, great. It wouldn't surprise me if South Africa look at the quality that he's doing and go, Mm. mate, there's a contract here for you. Come and have a look. Come and have a conversation with us. Because let's not remember, Faf de Plessis was going down Mm. the English route at one point before South Africa pulled him back and said, no, mate, we're not not letting you go and see how good he was. So Beddingham, just a... A shining light, really, on um, on what's going on here. Hassan mm. Azad needs needs some plaudits because mm. I I just rate him so highly. He played yeah. under fifteen cricket with Babur Azam, uh, came across, couldn't quite make it in the English game, got dropped from knots, played a lot of second team cricket, got into the team based on weighted runs when he was two thousand nineteen, probably when he was about twenty five. Mm. Since then. He's been a darling. Goes and scores runs, uh, does it well, bats consistently throughout the season. And he's batted consistently throughout the season in a very poor Leicestershire team, um, which due to how the divisions have kind of been the last few years, have been playing against some better teams than maybe Mm. they might have played against if it was just Division 1, Division 2. So 
plaudits have got have got to go out there. But you know, what what do you take away? You take away the fact mm. that Leicestershire are fighting; they fought last year. Have they got a good enough bowling attack to go and win some games of cricket? I think I said previously the way Leicestershire win cricket this year is to bat first, bat big, stick five hundred on the board, and try and win the game from there. And and they can do it because Sam Evans is getting better. Hassan mm. Azad is a great player. Ackerman's class, you know, they're not a million miles away. And Lewis Reese is is going to come back in, so they're, they're a decent team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think with this game, I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, Darby, um, yeah, nearly got me to say Darby's then, weirdly. Um, Sean Dixon, I think that's the man, isn't it, to look at this game, 120 and 84. He's got a decent career average, of a first-class average of 33-34. Um, so that's quality for him. Asan Azad, I've just got to echo what you just said. It's really nice to see him continue to score runs, averaging 66 so far this season with 150. Um, that in-between period uh, from Knotts before he went off, I think he went to university. Uh, I think he's he kind of not didn't quite backburn his career. He still played first, well, list A cricket at university. It might have been Loughborough. Did what he needed to do, looked after himself a little bit. So that's kind of why he's come a little bit late to the game, isn't it? Um, but he's certainly reaping the benefits. And again, it's one of them men that we will probably be talking about when we record the next pod, talking of top 10 England openers, Rob. Definitely. Definitely, Definitely will. right. Okay, let's wrap it up. Last, but by no means least, Derbyshire. This is why we want to spend mention Derbyshire. Um, I mean, all we need to say in this game is Shan Masood. There's no one else contributed yeah. to the bat, surely. So that, that's it. Shan Masood, nobody else? Nobody else? No. All right, let's have a look. See what happened. Derbyshire Sussex at Derby, match drawn and in a great fashion, really, wasn't it? An absolute run fest. Um, let's just summarise it. Derbyshire will be no pushovers this year. Um, and I think that they're going to be very disappointed to see this one finish in a draw after getting themselves in an incredible position after the first two innings of the game. So batting first, Derbyshire 505 for eight, thanks to Shan Masood's stunning 239. He was able, ably supported by the evergreen Wayne Madsen, scoring a Nelson 111. Um, Alex Thompson 52 as well. Henry Crokin 3 for 131. That tells you it's been a long, long time. That was only off 29 overs as well, Crokin. Good job you got some wickets. Um, they then skittled Sussex for well under par, as we've seen, 174. Um, Tom Haynes, 41, top scored in that one. Um, so at that stage, you're saying Derbyshire are 100% going to go on and win this game of cricket. Sussex are in a bit of a mess with the bat. Derbyshire have got 505. We skittle them out. Everybody's happy. But no, an absolute batting masterclass followed, Rob. Tom Haynes, England hopeful. He initially put 127 with another young, promising opener, Ali Orr. He then continued to bat along with Indian star Cheshwar Pajara, as they put on 351 together in 119 overs and led Sussex to a score of 513 for three to save the game. Tom Haynes finished 243. He was out and Pajara was 201 not out when the handshakes took place and the match was drawn. How on earth does a Shan Masood first innings 239 get overshadowed by... That's insane. (laughs) Just run machines everywhere. That's absolutely insane. Now, um, some people may have been quite savvy and put put Shan Masood in the starting lineup for the fantasy team 10 minutes before the game started. Nice. Those people will be one half of this podcast that ranked 200 this week out of 5,000 people based on him scoring 239 runs and having if, Craig um, in the team. 
Yeah, if I'd have been involved in it, you'd probably be a bit higher because I'm pretty sure I'd have had Tom Haynes in it if he's not. Yeah, I kind of missed, dropped the ball a bit there, eh? <laughs> what about Should've that guy who scored all those runs last year? He, he didn't quite make the grade. I went, he was I went with the, Rory Burns. Yeah, he's only the leading run scorer in county cricket last year and he's absolutely flying again this year. But hey, what do I know? Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, yeah, mm. Masood just made it look easy, mate. That's That was mm. my takeaway. And you know something special when there's all these games that we can watch on YouTube. Right? There's eight different games going on at any given time i'm watching derbyshire as like my featured (laughs) game that i'm clicking on and i've got the audio on and i'm engaged in it because i'm enjoying watching him bat so much and he just looks absolutely beautiful like he's got loads of time like he's having a net and he's Mm. exceptional and you know what you can say the same for sussex in the second inning. i'm not quite sure how they got blown away for 174 i don't that doesn't one quite stack days. up. Yeah, mm. one of those days. But the next two days, they kind of cashed in for the next, sorry, yeah. 176 overs of cricket. They only lost three wickets, which again, <laughs> you know, I'd said the same about Leicestershire. How did Derbyshire win games? It's weight of runs and put pressure on. They scored weight of runs. They cleaned them up for 174, but they couldn't go back to back and make it happen. Tom Haynes deserves all the credit in the world. 357 runs on the season now at an average of 90. He just keeps scoring more runs. He just keeps getting better and better. And Tom Haynes is immensely young as well. He's He can do it all. He's 23 years old. Yeah. Great start. He, 1,176 runs last year. 12% of his innings last year were centuries. That's an insane amount of consistency that is going on. And, you know, it's fine to get to 100. But what 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 do England selectors look for? Okay, they look for how you play the game, sure. But generally, it's your economy is runs, and you've got to have centuries. Like if you mm-hmm. get out for ninety nine two or three times, it has such a lesser detrimental effect on someone's opinion of you as a cricketer when they look at it, mm-hmm. going, "Who's scoring runs this year? This guy's got three centuries. There might be three runs difference in that, but three yeah. centuries." Um, the, the only thing I can look at Tom Haynes and go, why? what's going to hold him back? Because he's just amassing an amazing amount of runs mm. that we've not probably seen since Rory Burns Dom Sibley dominated county cricket for a few years. Burns mm. definitely a lot longer than Sibley. Sibley's was more of a one, two-year thing. Burns, four, mm. five years. He, he gets out caught a lot, which, you know, you've got to get out somehow, Rich. You know, I'm not mm. delusional to that. But 68% of the time he gets out, it's caught. 52% of the time, it's caught somewhere other than the wicketkeeper. So he doesn't get bowled very often. He doesn't get out LBW very often, but he's getting caught out either in the ring or slips and gully a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I was looking through Twitter feed, looking at it, and people saying, yeah, he's a little loose around off stump. Mm. Is that something that would be exposed at a young age, moving up the levels if he's not quite ready? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a valid argument, isn't it? A valid question. But he's getting caught after he's scoring runs. <laughs> That's one thing. But yes, you know, it, it, it's it's not it's not the worst problem in the world to have, isn't it? And and if it is, you know, there's a difference between nicking off the first slip, you know, keeper first slip, rather than getting caught on the boundary or getting caught, you know, gully every time. How far away is he playing? Is he getting a good one? He is an opener. He's going to get the ball. He's, you know, he's facing that moving ball, isn't he? So if he is early on nicking off occasionally, it's understandable. He's a very positive cricketer as well. He's not an opener in the traditional mould. He's not someone that's going to doggedly bat days and days and days. He's not a Sibley. He's a much more fluent player. I think he might actually find his way in the conversation for the England ODI side. There's so much competition there. 
but he, he is suited to an opener's role to bat long distance, you know, bat that 50 overs or 35, 40 overs and bat through the innings and be positive. He's got the technique, he's got that. So yes, question marks will always come through. When a young player starts scoring runs and performing and gets himself in the conversation, the spotlight comes on him, doesn't it? What's his problems? That's how we see players. We need to emphasize what his positives are as well. And he's a, yeah. he's a really, really talented uh, stroke player. Not a tall guy. I think sometimes that can help as a batsman. We've sort of, yeah, he's not quite a James Taylor, but it's, it, it can help. You know, you've got that nice low center of gravity. You, you can get onto balls differently, can't you? It's a bit of a dip, awkward length um, for a bowler sometimes if suddenly someone's cutting and pulling balls that you wouldn't usually see. And that's what we see maybe outside of his off stump. He does like to cut and play those shots quite often, which is probably why he's getting caught as well. But how many times do we hear it? Strength is a weakness, isn't it, sometimes? So, you know, if he plays those wide balls and he is cutting more, maybe he does need to tighten up a little bit, but it's probably just about selection, uh, shot selection. And the longer he plays, he's only 23. The more experience he gets the better he'll be able to make those decisions. He's not played that much at the moment. He's averaging nearly 38. He's a really, really good talent. And one thing I love as well, he's a captain. He's been given the reins at, at Somerset, at Sussex yeah. even. Um, this is what we need. We need young, talented cricketers in county cricket, captain in their sides. So we don't, in five or 10 years' time, have the same problem we're having now and going, well, nobody's a captain. I don't know who's going to yeah. captain England anymore. We've hopefully got this coming through and we don't have to look outside the team. We'll have players inside the team with younger, you know, experience from when they were younger. Um, and yeah, bring it on, Tom Haynes. I absolutely love it. Fantastic performance from him. But yeah, Pajara as well, 201 knots out. What a quality, yeah. quality acquisition. This is what I love about overseas players. When you bring the likes of Shan Masood and Cheswell Pajara in, it's fantastic. Mohamed Rizwan was playing in this game as well. We should know. Pakistan wicketkeeper batsman playing for Sussex. This is what we need in overseas players. And just one last point on Tom Haynes. I thought he was really good when he was being interviewed. He deferred to Cheshire Bajara and allowed him to speak to the team before their second innings. You know, he's not... Haynes is clearly not an arrogant guy. He's not an I-know-everything already. There's a guy that's walked into the team who's got vast amounts of international experience. He's been in these situations before. Pajara, can you speak to the team? Pass on a few words of wisdom. And it, it worked, didn't it? Both yeah. the captain's decision to allow him to speak and whatever Pajara said absolutely worked. Well, so, yeah, Sussex, it might have been a draw, but quality game. Sussex such a young team, mate. And those acquisitions yeah. you're talking about of having Mohamed Rizwan, um, mm. international calibre, international quality player, and Pajara, 95 test match Indian mm. legend, the second <laughs> coming of the wall, they're <laughs> just everyone sat under that learning yeah. tree with those guys. How do you bat? How do you play this? How do we mm. talk to people in these situations? What are you looking for? It's just there's so much good that Sussex mm. are taking out of it because Sussex have been mm. like a little hotbed of cricketing wonder kids for yeah. quite a while and it's good to see it plugged with the right sort of people. Throw into that that you've got like Stephen Finn, ex-international cricketer with the ball in there. Mm. The bowling is a little weak maybe, but you're, you're plugging it with good pieces and probably yeah. good people. Yeah. Last word I'll say on Sussex because it is an interesting topic. They got a lot of criticism from either ex-players, players departing, players wanting yeah. to move on and people really focusing on Sussex and what they're doing wrong. They've brought through a lot of young players. They've had a huge transition and they've done it rapidly, haven't they? They've got the 16-year-olds in, the Danny Abrahams and the, the um, I forget the other, other chap's name. The, the, um, ah, I can't remember. They had a couple of 15, 16-year-olds playing last year, didn't they? And I missed one out, so I apologise. But they've done that. But what they've done is they've replaced that experience they have lost. It's a shame they've lost the likes of Ben Brown. It's a shame they've lost yeah. others. But they're bringing in players with experience to fill those gaps. And I don't think they're doing a bad job. 
Um, Sussex fans tell me differently if you don't like the direction this club's going, but I quite like the fact that you, you're building with young players, you're giving them responsibility, you're giving them captaincy, but you're still trying to identify and bring in the right people and the right talent with experience to come and help them along the way. It looks pretty good at Sussex. I don't know how many games they're going to win this year, but I think they're certainly going to be entertaining. It's It certainly will, mate. How's the, how's the table stacking up after two weeks? Let's have a little look. So Glamorgan, with their win over Knotts, have got themselves to top. Nobody is unbeaten uh, without, you know, absolutely 100% win rate. Uh, Durham a second with the two draws on 30. Knotts in 29 uh, in third spot. Derbyshire just behind with their two draws near Leicester as well. Sussex are bottom of the league, a loss and a draw, 13 points. Middlesex and Worcestershire have only played one game each, was a draw, and they're just above uh, Sussex, second and third from bottom. Um, so to finish off, Rich... We asked for hot takes last week, Ooh, and we got a whole right. load. This week, we've only got one hot take. That'll do. That'll do. Rapid, get through it. Ben Compton <laughs> for England, question mark. <laughs> Is he qualified? I know he's South African-born. I assume he's over here on an English passport. Um, we've not heard anything different. He is related, of course he will be, he's related to the Compton dynasty, isn't he? <laughs> he is. I believe he is part of that, actually. Um, so, I mean, who knows? England openers. I mean, Darren Pattinson got one test uh, for England quite a few years <laughs> ago. So, who knows? Absolutely no idea. If he continues this form, if he keeps scoring hundreds week in, week out, <laughs> at some point he has to be in the conversation. It can't just be a flash yeah. on the pan. Can it? So... I chuck him in the conversation. I've got no no problem with that. He's not quite, spoiler, he's not quite in my top 10 of English openers just yet. But yeah, yeah. let's revisit this in a few months' time and see where he is. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm buying potential. I'm selling immediate need is, <laughs> yeah. is where I'm at. He's, he's not yeah. going to play at the start of the summer. Uh, but if he has a good year, he'll be in contention when winter rolls around. Just because it's down on body of work, he hasn't done enough over a long period of time to really go, okay, this guy has scored a thousand runs in county cricket. He's done this, he's done that. At the moment, he's done something remarkable, but I just need a bigger body of work to establish where he's really going to lie. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, mate. So that's. Yeah, um, no, yeah. yeah. Sorry, go, on, go for it. That's, uh, that's, that's us done. That's two divisions down, mm. Rich. We're, yeah. we're we're full on red ball season now, aren't we? As soon as you get a couple of se- a couple of weeks yeah. in, it's like right, it's here. We're we're going, mm-hmm. and teams are starting to take shape. Divisions are starting to take shape of how things are going to work out. If you were to make one call oh, on gosh. relegation for Division One, which Ooh. I think needs talking about because I've I've called Somerset early. If you were yeah. to go, who's going to be the team that's going to go down with them? And put your name on the line. Where are you going? I would say North Ants. If you're telling me one one of those are going down, I think North Ants maybe. I think they. I think it was a bad move uh, just before the season started to let Rossington go. Oh, I think yeah. they've handled that badly, and that that points to a bit of an issue behind the scenes to me. When a senior player who's been at the club for a number of years is moved on, who was captain, no harm in giving the captaincy to a young player. In Ricardo Vasconcelos got his name in. Yes. Um, but I, I just do wonder whether there's a little bit of um, bit of unrest behind the scenes. Probably nothing dramatic, but when the defeats keep rolling, the cracks open wider, don't they? So yeah, that's, and bowling attacks really uh, carried by Sanderson as well. They really need him to. And Berg. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically Sanderson and Berg. You can't say one without the other. <laughs> Sanderson and Berg. It sounds like a lawyer. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so no disrespect to, to Northampton. I might be completely off the mark. Please tell me if I am. But I just wonder if you've got quite enough uh, ability. They, obviously, they've not been in the top flight for a number of years. Um, good on them. I hope they enjoy it. But I just wonder if they've got enough. And it just does concern me with how the coach has handled the whole Rossington issue. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening all. If you can, like, review, subscribe, wherever you are listening Please. to us. We'll be back again tomorrow with England Watch Episode 2, where we look at the top 10 prospects from English County Cricket and how we're ranking them and who should be the next man coming into this England men's team. We'll catch you next time. 